Howdy, howdy, y'all. I'm Curtis Sunset. And I'm Leo Halston. And, and this is Weathery Rainbows. Howdy, y'all, and welcome back to episode nine of season two of Weathering Rainbows. Uh, on this episode, we're going to have a pretty cool guest uh, that is, has interviewed far more people than we have. Uh, I think he's close to 500 oh, now across the wow. world. We're getting closer and closer to Valentine's Day. Um, so I thought it would be fun to tell stories of like our first kiss or a funny kiss or, you know, uh, something on those lines. A gross kiss. It could be a gross <laughs> kiss. Maybe uh, maybe someone didn't know how to kiss yet. You know, okay. you never know. So, Well, why don't you go ahead and kick that off, sir? <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to go with the story of my first kiss, uh, which was with a girl. Mm. Um, my very first kiss, I was like, I believe I was 17. Um, which is pretty late, but like, if you think about it, I was not attracted to girls, so I was not wanting to kiss any. Um, but I took this girl on a date. Guess where my date was? Where? I mean, I'm in a rural area, okay. so guess where the date was? Was this Owensboro? Was, was... It actually, it was in more of a rural area than Owensboro. <laughs> okay. Okay. Destination like, <laughs> unknown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like... Yes. So I actually took this date uh, to the rodeo. <laughs> so, yeah. So like, uh, you know, wore cowboy boots and, Ooh. you know, a country hat and took her to the rodeo. I can see it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So she and I, I had like a pickup truck at that point in time. It was, you know, I was country. As oh, could be. yeah. You were uh, mm-hmm. the kind mm-hmm. the kind I like. But. Mm-hmm. But uh, I took her to the rodeo and then afterwards, like, took her home. And I was like really nervous because I was like, shit, I've got to do this. I've got to kiss her. Like, I can't just not kiss this date. And so I was like, okay, we're pulling up to the place. And I'm like, being the gentleman, I'm like, you know, and also just young and totally have no clue what the hell I was doing. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, can I kiss you? Mm-hmm. You know, like, <laughs> I had to do the gentleman ask. Um, And she just like looks at me like, really? Like, why are you even asking? And so I kiss her and I I did not like it (laughs) for the record, but I kiss her and uh, she was chewing gum Uh, and that, and that flavor was juicy fruit gum. And I, I immediately was like, okay, God, I see you. This is my sign. I am, I'm a fruit and I do not like this. (laughs) what a cute yeah. that was a cute story mind you i'm mm-hmm. i'm i grew up in texas so rodeos are really fun so mm-hmm. i could um we should go to the gay rodeo is there a gay year. rodeo that would be so much fun yes there's like a legitimate gay rodeo how am yes. i not a part of that like seriously it's in texas oh how do i not know that mm-hmm. seriously i didn't know mm-hmm. that wow 
Um, well, anyway, what a fun story. Like, cute. Juicy fruit, <laughs> and Juicy Fruit is one of my favorite gums. So I actually have a, a yellow, I have an airbrush dress that say Juicy Fruit on it. <laughs> I haven't worn it in such a long time. Yeah. That's a song I do called Juicy Fruit. It, some of you people may know it, some may not. Um, um, okay, so uh, I just want y'all to know this was a setup for me. This, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm way much older and uh, than Curtis. And so uh, my first kiss was probably like 20 decades ago. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I can't remember. I wasn't trying to remember. Uh, I was blowing my mind out today trying to say, who did I kiss first? Where did I kiss? I don't know, I, honestly. Um, I do know that I'm, I love to kiss. It's one of my favorite things to do. It get the mood going. And the juice is flowing. It's one of my favorite things to do. If you cannot kiss, won't nothing be happening. Uh, so um, <laughs> I'm just going to say, um, I'm going to tell my story of the worst kiss ever. The worst kiss ever um, was a young man that I really liked. And uh, he had everything, the body, the package, the buns, you know, but first time kissing him was a turn off and we dated, oh. we dated for a while. So every time we went to kiss, I, I couldn't do it. It was just a turn off for me. And it was, I'm explain to y'all what kind of kiss it was. You know how when you kiss and you French kiss and you lock tongues and you twirl, he did this thing where it was like a turtle sticking his head out of a shell. If you can picture that, <laughs> that's what it was oh, going gosh. in and out of my mouth. And I was like, this is gross and such a good, such a turn off. Can you, can you demonstrate? I, I need you to like I, show I, us. I, I can try. <laughs> I can try. It was like, Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> I can't believe I did that on camera. It's oh, I call wow. yeah. I call it the the peaking turtle. That's what I called it. Oh so, my goodness! Okay, so yeah. I so kissing was out of the game. Kissing was out the game for us. I I you know it was I couldn't do it. See, like some people don't like to kiss, but then there's those that like think they're great kissers and they do like the turtle yeah. or, you know, and it's just like, mm, well, I we don't have to, kiss. I know, I'm a, <laughs> I know I'm a great kisser and I love to kiss. It's kissing is so passionate. Like it gets the mood started. So if you can't, if we, we begin and that don't happen for me, that will be no magic. I'm sorry. And so I'm, <laughs> I'm tortured. And, uh, that turtle, the, the, the peaking turtle lives rent free in my head. <laughs> I can only imagine after seeing that beautiful demonstration of, uh, I, I don't want to experience that. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, speaking of magic, uh, we have our guest today is the host of William and the magic box. Yeah. Uh, he is from the UK, um, and he's interviewed over 500 plus people, uh, mostly I would say LGBTQ, uh, individuals from all across the globe, right. um, and just kind of talks to them to let them tell their story. Uh, as well. Uh, so you can, uh, you can find a lot of that kind of stuff on YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, but one of the games he plays is this rapid fire game where he says a random word 
and you have to say the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, Lord. Um, oh. So I thought it would be fun for us to just do that with like three words today. Oh, another setup, y'all. You got to say like the first few words to come to mind. No explanation. Just, we'll, just we'll the, maybe do some. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe do some explanations after we get through, but like it's the first things that come to mind. Okay. Okay. Let me tell y'all, Curtis be practicing. He's not fair. So <laughs> he practiced and I, then I just get thrown in the loop. Hold on. I got to tie my hair up for this. Okay. Speaking of, we look very sporty today. Yes. That was our uh, go-to look is uh, Sporty Spice. And uh, I don't know what I would be. I don't think I'd be Spice, but Sporty, sporty Sugar. Just, I don't know. <laughs> just Sporty, like just Sporty. I mean, we look like we're we're attempting to work out. We look good. I don't know if we're working out, but we look good. Okay. I mean, y'all know I'm a goofball, so here we go. Boat. Skiing. <laughs> That's the first thing I think of. All right. For you, I'm going to do romance. Kissing. <laughs> I mean, All we right. just talked about it. So, yeah. Um, let's do grapes. New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> I'll explain that in a little <laughs> okay. bit. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yours is thought. T H O T, thought. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> These facial reactions are great. <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh, boys. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's a hard All game. Right. It is. You got to just first thing that comes to mind. Okay. My last one is, oh, my God. I can't believe I thought of this. Beaver. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do on that one. That's what I thought of. Because <laughs> I'm not saying that word that you're trying uh, to get me to say. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, I'm definitely not saying that word. Um, all right. Your last one is mistake. Oh, mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of nothing. Okay, mistake. Um, dating. Y'all oh. get, yeah. Y'all got to see the facial expressions that just happened over the course of that. Because, like, go to Spotify, watch the video, because that was, like, you could just, like, the shell shock of both of us in some of these words. It's, like It's just, hard, like, you know, to think yeah, of these things. It's like, well, because, like, you hear the word and then you immediately go, okay, what am I, I can't even think right now right, of anything. Right, so, right, Yeah. Oh, that was so fun. Well, I, I guess we should we should talk about maybe a few of those, okay. like what, what our answers Well, first were. of all, let's talk about these uh, greats in New Year's. <laughs> I want to see how great you got great New Year's from grapes. Okay, tell me this story, please. All right. So grapes <laughs> is like a New Year's food. Like it's uh, you're supposed to eat 12 grapes when the clock strikes midnight. Uh, and that's something that Amy and I always do. So 
anytime I think of grapes, I'm like immediately like associate it with New Year's because we always eat the grapes. I didn't know that. So. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love grapes, like seriously, but I didn't know that you're supposed to eat 12 grapes. I know that mm-hmm. like- I think it in... brings luck. Okay. So I know like in the African-American community, we do black IPs. So I don't know if that's for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, like, my parents, my grandmother would make black eyed peas, you know, for New Year's. So, because that's supposed to bring good luck or whatever they yeah. talk about. I haven't eaten up. Yeah, there's well, all kinds of, like, different foods and traditions. And, like, I think you would have to have, like, a full feast of food to, like, cover all the different cultures of what they believe. Listen, <laughs> I so. haven't had a black eye pea since I was 10. So, clearly, having no luck been coming this way. Yeah. Maybe that's what's wrong. Maybe like, maybe we need to get you some black eyed peas. Maybe. <laughs> I mean Or or you can come to our side and, and eat, eat grapes. grapes. So we'll yeah. Well I keep I yeah. keep grapes in the refrigerator anyway. So I said uh mistake uh-huh. and you said boys. Or no dating. Date. So why did you think of dating? I mean immediately. <laughs> I mean Are you saying that you've had a lot of mistakes? I made a lot past? of mistakes. Yes. <laughs> that yes. So dating, and I'm I'm not gonna say just me. I mean, I'm pretty sure I was the problem too, and they they were the problem. So, uh, but <laughs> that was the first thing that came to my uh uh my head when you said that was dating. I mean, I think that's a pretty common first thought when you think of mistakes is like all your exes, like that immediately comes into mind, right? Yeah, I need to go back and watch these facial expressions because I feel like I'm gonna be a meme. Oh, they were great. They were wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm sure my facial expression when you say the words like beaver uh, uh, just immediately uh, made me blush probably. So you could have you could have not said the word. There's a song, popular song that's out. You could have said my neck. My neck. <laughs> my not beep. Not. <laughs> oh, you went way back. <laughs> I, yeah, that's where I was. Oh going no, with, I'm talking know? about Cardi B, <laughs> Cardi B and Megan. Uh, wah 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 wah. Oh, yes. yeah. You want yep, the, I, that? You know, that's all I can to. say. Mm-hmm. Wah 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 wah. Yeah. Okay. That would have been a good good explanation too. Maybe that's what we need to do. Like, we need to not talk about what we think, but like associate it with the song yeah. next time. Well, that's like, oh my god, <laughs> I think that would be either song. easy or hard. So I don't know. Probably um, easy for me because we'll, I listen we'll to a lot of music. So yeah, I listen to to the older music. So I, I don't know. It'd be fun. We might try it sometime. Well, my Pandora, <laughs> I, my Pandora is a genre of everything. I can go from mm-hmm. listening to WAP, and then the next song gonna be. Uh, praising him in the church, which is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is you're one of those that like we see like rolling down the road and you're singing WAP and then you go into like gospel spiritual and <laughs> right that and then you'd be like, in what's the wrong with that woman, honey? She's shouting and throwing her hands up and <laughs> there was a show I, there. Okay, there was a show uh many many years ago people may remember it was on mtv or vh1 one of them is called motor mouth i would have loved to have done that show with you it was a show that it was kind of corny you got your best friend to re- y'all rent a car but they had a camera in the car so you had to get your best friend to sing and belt out songs <laughs> while you were driving and it was kind of it was a neat show 
I would have loved to have done that show. That would have been a fun show to do. That would have been a blast. And it was kind of corny because it's like, it's kind of corny because it's like, okay, you get in the car and your best friend, they're like, where are we going? They were like, oh, ain't this your song? You should sing it. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> we may we may have to just do that for the fun of it and post it. So. <laughs> well, that'll be on our next road trip. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, one thing we wanted to do this time because we haven't done it in a little while is our little Weathering Rainbows uh, segment Mm -hmm. where we talk about something that's kind of been bothering us or just something we want to get off our chest Mm -hmm. or talk about, discuss, etc. I'm going to let you kick off today Mm -hmm. on that if you've got the topic that you want to discuss. Um, I just kind of I think I think we don't talk about health uh, a lot. Um, so like my concern, my, my thoughts and what I want to talk about today is like making sure people, um, you know, do regular checkups and, um, know when your body is like warning you cause your body do warn you about things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, me being 46, I'm still lear- like, I was just the, like the other day, uh, a girlfriend and I were at the restaurant eating and I had the menu and I wear uh, prescription glasses. So I still had to lift up the glasses to get close to the menu. So I I think I can see far away, but I can't see close up, which is kind of crazy because yeah. I feel like the older I get, the 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 badder my eyes get. So, but that's just, not just eyes. It's like you, your body just start breaking down as you get older. You know, I'm, I'm you know me and my girlfriend was talking about we can't eat the things we used to eat because my girlfriend is we're you know we're both trying to like lose weight and trying to eat healthy this year and um she's like i'm working so hard in the gym and i don't feel like i'm losing so she had a a a, uh she broke down and was like i'm just gonna eat whatever the f i want you know and it's hard because you know once you get this once you get at that age it's hard to fight all that stuff back off so, um, you know, my yeah. thing is, you know, I just want to make sure mental, not and mental health too, not just physical health, mental health as well. We want to make sure that, you know, you're talking to somebody, you know, not just a therapist, like just talking. And if something's bothering you or, you know, sometimes just talking to people um, can help, you know, with mental health. Because yeah. I, I find myself thinking about, I hold a lot. So it's hard for me to be a celebrity in this city uh, for one of the reasons why I don't get on Facebook and social media a lot, because um, there's a lot of things I want to say my opinion, but the being the, in the community, a leader in the community and the club that I work for, I have to, I can't be honest and say a lot of things. So, and I can't talk about a lot of things. So I just want to make sure that we are mental health. We're talking about something's bothering you. Somebody makes you mad or angry. You know, you're not holding that stuff in. You know, we, you know, you're calling somebody and saying, Hey, this, this happened to me today. This pissed me off today. I just want to talk about it, you know? Yeah. And, um, because that just, just somebody listening it definitely goes a long way, you know? So what I'm working on is, um, I told you about the incident that happened to me last week. Um, 
it could have been, it escalated because I didn't think before I turned around, you know, I, I act, I just turn around and start screaming, you know? Right. And then I, instead of me turn around and meant, you know, figuring out, you know, okay, was this out of anger? Was this, was this out of hate? Was this push out of, you know, anything? I just turned around and started screaming. So that's, that's my thing with that whole week is like, I have to start controlling the situation, evaluating the situation first before it as I, cause I go from zero to a hundred quick. Yeah. I mean, I think that's something like we are all reactionary to an extent based on things that like have happened to us in our past. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being in the situation that you are in, like that kind of stuff has happened to you for negative reasons Mm -hmm. in the past. So you're automatically going to go back to that like defensive mode mm-hmm. uh, of like protecting yourself and standing up for yourself. Um, so I don't think that's unusual or something out of the norm that you did. Mm-hmm. I think it's just whenever you're dealing with those kind of situations, you have to constantly think, okay, am I in a safe environment? Do I have people that are there yeah. that can help protect me if it is a, a bad situation? Um and, and maybe that kind of will put you at ease so that you don't have that feeling to react in those ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, mental health and, and physical health, I mean, especially this time of year, yeah. we're in the middle of winter, Yeah, you know, like it's been a horrible winter yeah. in comparison to some of our last few. Um, it's really cold right now and, and seasonal affective disorder and stuff like that yeah. starts to pop up. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we're in gay culture, so yeah. we're all worried about our bodies, you know, like all, all of us are constantly worried about like how we look and how we present. And, um, I think all those are, are the things that, you know, definitely should be talked about in this section. Yeah. You know, they're things that we're all weathering. Twenties and thirties, you know, we, we, we're just enjoying, we're enjoying life and, and, mm-hmm. and, and just having a good time. So we're not even thinking about bodies and stuff. So it don't hit until you get you know, past that late 30s and you're like, man, things are changing. So I'm just, what I want to say to the listeners, like, like, you know, while you're young and you're fit, you know, try to keep up with that, you know? Yeah. It's always easier to do when you're younger. Yeah. Or sure. uh, some people, <laughs> honestly, some people are just naturally toned and skinny yeah. and, you know, I mean, so yeah. it's, me, if I eat a biscuit, it's going right to my brain. <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, so I, my, I, I just want to, and my conclusion with this is like, you know, uh, take care of yourself, take care of your body, take care of your mind. Um, y- you know, um, just make sure that you're taken care of. My whole thing with this is that, you know, that situation bothered me for two days and I shut down for two days, not talking to nobody. And I was miserable, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. so I have to speak upon it to make so I don't feel that way because I, I went into right. a deep depression, you know, because I was like, you know, I don't want to be. Well, you're replaying it in your mind. Yeah, you constantly. Know, so much yeah. That it's just constantly going. And until you release it, until you talk to somebody about yeah. it and say, OK, was it me or did this actually happen? Yeah. Because sometimes sometimes even if something bad does happen, we still need that affirmation to be like, did this, was this actually bad? Is it the way that I'm seeing? Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely understand where you're coming from on that. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, well, for me, I guess mental health was a good topic for you because that's uh, similar to what I wanted to go mm-hmm. and discuss. Um, for me, I think the beginning of the year always reminds me of like, uh, it's kind of a reflection period of like, am I on the right track in life? You know, am I doing what needs to be done uh, to better myself or uh, am I on the right path of what I want to accomplish? Because um, you know me, I'm very goal oriented. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, like this month has been brutal for me just because I think for a while I've been struggling with my identity to the extent of like, how much should I be serious versus how much should I be comedic? Mm-hmm. And how do both of those things like help further the things that I'm wanting out of life? Um, because, you know, as a, as an attorney, I have to be serious yes. most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, people don't want you going up and, and joking about uh, something whenever they're on uh, <laughs> trial for something. Trial, yeah. You know, no, like, yeah. no <laughs> I get that. That ain't funny to them, yeah. you know, for some reason. Yeah. Um, but then there's the other side that's like, uh, where it's like, you don't want to be so serious that you're almost unapproachable, um, or that people tune you out. Um, so it's been a real struggle for me to like, consider this balance of like, what areas in in my life am I going to be more serious? What areas do I need to be more comedic in, um, and frankly, like even with this show, like what it, what our purpose is and, and where do we want to go from here into season three? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we both kind of discussed some things that we would like to see yeah. uh, different and uh, become more educational in ways and become more like uh, empathetic, I guess, in ways. Yeah. Um, we want to answer listener letters and, and do those kind of things in, in season three. And so, yeah, so... Mental health. I, I agree completely. That's what I've been struggling with. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and I think, you know, the lawyer side of you, you know, I, I definitely agree that you should definitely be that serious side. I honestly think like when we're around and we're around friends and the groups and so I think you're fun. So that's that's what I'm you know, I just like to see you let your hair down and have a good time and 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 cause you work so hard, you know, with the podcast and you know, lawyer and every other else mm-hmm. thing that you do, like the, you know, when you we're in a group setting, you know, um, just have fun, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's that uh, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy <laughs> slogan, you know. But um, I, I definitely I have felt that tremendously, yeah. just getting ready for uh, everything, and you know. Even though we're going to have a, a month off soon uh, with this podcast, uh, we're still going to be working behind the scenes yeah. so and creating something spectacular for season three. So I'm really excited. Um, some of the things I already know are coming are just going to be a great addition to the show. Yeah. So, well, um, I guess it's time that we kick it over to the interview uh, today. As I've said before, we have William from William and the Magic Box coming all the way from the UK. Um, I do want to forewarn everybody that the audio quality may be a little uh, less than our norm uh, just because of the distance and uh, the equipment that had to be used to make this come about. So uh, without further ado, William from William and the Magic Box. Yes, William, what's in your box? (laughs) 
Howdy, howdy, y'all. We are back with another episode of Weathering Rainbows. Uh, today, we have a guest from overseas, uh, someone who I consider a friend uh, over the past few years. Uh, he is doing some amazing things, uh, meeting and introducing himself to people all across the world. And uh, so I am going to have William introduce himself and tell a little bit about what he does. Hello, everyone. So my name is William. Um, I'm originally from Brazil, but I've been living in the UK, in London for the last 16 years. Um, and I was living in Portugal before as well. So I've been in Europe for the last 20 years now. And um, so, yes, it's been a, a beautiful journey. I left Brazil when I was 19. And um, I've been living in Europe more than I was in Brazil, actually. So <laughs> it's been yeah. it's been a great journey. And um, I've got a, a beautiful channel called William the Magic Box, where I have the opportunity to connect with people around the globe. Um, and uh, so people have the chance to share their point of views, their memories in life, um, what they do for a living. And they, they, the whole part of the show is just for people to connect with each other around the globe. And I had the pleasure of uh, Curtis participating in the show um, last year, which was um, a, yeah. a, a present for me because it was so nice to connect someone full of energy, a lot of story to tell. And um, he left a beautiful message on the show. Yeah. And I had an absolute blast being on William and the Magic Box. Uh, for those of you that haven't, go check it out on YouTube. Uh, it is a YouTube show, and he has interviewed people. I think you're over 300 now, right? Uh, almost 500 now. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, so he interviews a lot more people than we do for this show. Um, and people from all over the world, uh, from what I have seen and watched, it's, it's always very entertaining, and uh, I enjoy the show, so... Um, with that, I want to jump into your story. Tell us about, uh, obviously, growing up where you grew up, what was LGBTQ culture like there? Right. So where I come from, uh, I'm Brazil. I think Brazil, we are very Christian, very Catholic. So I was very lucky. I've got, uh, I remember being a, a child. I remember when I started discovering myself about my feelings, about my desires. And uh, actually, I was very connected with the church. I was, my my mom thought I'd be a, a priest because I just loved it, being the church, uh, singing, just being part of the community. But being gay, I realized that uh, something wasn't like going was wrong in my thought because I was following the society way of approaching life, approach how it should be or how you should, um, you know what I mean, follow the rules of the society. And I realized that something was going in a different direction. And I remember as a child, like praying not to have those feelings, like feeling attracted to men or have those emotions that wasn't um, right in other people's uh, eyes. Um, and I remember as a kid, like literally um, praying for not to have those feelings. And I was like, my God, that's not right. It's not, uh, I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't have this attraction for, for boys. But um, so I don't, always kept that with me. I never talked to anyone about it. And um, but I was very lucky because my parents, they even though they never talked about it, they never mentioned about anything about that because they didn't have a knowledge anyway as well. It, it's always happened with the neighbors, with somebody far away from you on TV, but it never happened to your family, never happened to your right. household. Anyway, so as a. I was very young when I was 19. I moved to Portugal, and there where I start alone. That's where I start my gay life. 
which is Portugal is a country that's not very open still. I think um, it's very, is we kind of, it's the same Brazilian culture as well, even more strong people. They're more, you know what I mean? Close-minded out there at the time. So for me, it wasn't, I, I was very lucky because I didn't have any suffering of anything. I didn't go through any bad situations. I was, I always had this free spirits and um, I, yeah, I must say that I never had any kind of issues, but I know how much like being, um, from back in Brazil, I'm not sure nowadays. Nowadays, I think people they are more open-minded. But like in the 80s, in the 90s, when I was growing up, the information wasn't there. It was something that wasn't we never talked about. I don't remember even uh, hearing the word "gay" at home or even LGBTQ. Right. Not I never heard that 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 word before. So that's why for me, I wasn't sure what was happening with me at the time, and I didn't have any support, and I didn't know who to talk to because. I didn't know what was going on. I never had information and right. support. So that's, um, but again, I think being a free spirit that I was playing, I was very involved in sports as well. I think I was very focused on that. That's what kind of got my direction and I wasn't too much involved in that, I must say. Yeah. But, but I, yeah, I, w I must say I was very lucky um, that I could be myself, even though I didn't have any knowledge, but I could be myself at the time and, Sometimes, of course, dealing with bullying as well. I think I was a feminine child. I had some moments that was... But again, I never felt like... I never kind of put myself in a bad direction. I just was like playing volleyball for years. I was playing volleyball. I was focused on that. So sometimes when I was right. being sad or being bullied because of the situation, I was focused on my sports. I was focusing on being um, busy with my my life. So I was quite lucky. Right. That's uh, one of the things I call the achiever category. It's uh, when LGBTQ people growing up, they don't really know what's going on. So they really focus on achievement, you know, uh, playing sports and getting involved in uh, various things. And obviously you were very involved in the church. So what are some things positive that you got from your church experience and the ways that it has kind of influenced you today? I think... Um be a good person, be approachable, even though uh, there was, um, funny enough, sometimes when I was feeling sad for some situations, I was, I found peace in the church. Funny enough, I, I, I just like the vibe of being in the church. I think the, the songs around, the energy, people clapping, all people connected, even though there's a lot of things, uh, negativity about religion, but even though I think as a child, I was, I felt comfort, I, I found a lot of comfort, comfort there because I was in a good place, I just felt happy being there. That's why my mom started thinking that I could be a priest. I didn't have the gift, <laughs> I couldn't be a priest, <laughs> but she was sure that, okay, he was going to be a priest because I was there all the time. I was helping the, 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 the priest as well during the mass. And um, I think, I don't know, I think just the, the good energy around, um, I, I didn't see any rules there. I think there was something maybe the society out there was saying that was wrong. But over in there, in the church, I just was involved with the music, with the the energy, with the people. Uh, so that's why I think I found the comfort being gay there. Even though I think, uh, I'm sure priests and, and people involved in the church, working in the church, they could see that I was gay. But even though I never felt like excluded, I think they kind of, comfort me at the time. As a, that's why I mentioned I was very lucky because I never had a, a situation where I was put away from the church or place where I, I, I wanted to be. I love being in there. So I never had a situation that I was avoided or, you know what I mean, uh, treated differently yeah. than other kids. Because I was visible, I was gay, I was visible that I was uh, a gay boy. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's uh, 
something we a lot of us go through that are in the church we all have that uh that we might become a preacher or a priest and <laughs> i always tell people you know it's it's kind of interesting because i think we all kind of did turn into priests in our own ways uh so yeah. you know we both of us have a show you know that we uh kind of you know bring people's stories out uh which is really i think what you know the love and religion and stuff is all about yeah. uh so with that I do want to talk specifically about your experience with William and the Magic Box. Um, tell people how that got started, um, and then we'll go from there. Right. I think that uh, I believe that all, all of us, everyone in the planet, I think all of us, we have different talents. I think all of us, we can do different things in our lives. I think we are, if you look for it, um, there is always something that you, we are capable to do it. You know, it doesn't matter which area, it doesn't matter what, what it's about, but I always, I believe that some, you can do a lot. But fun enough, growing up, I always had um, these doubt, doubts in me. When I, I remember talking to friends, to people around, they were like, Oh, I love my job. I love what I do. I came to do that in my life. That's what I was born for. And I was like, oh, yes, I kind of, I was listening to that. And I admired and I was thinking to myself, my God, I, I couldn't, I couldn't say. Of course, I couldn't be different things. I could follow different careers, but deep inside my own, in my own thoughts, I was like, no, there's something there that I would like, but I couldn't find. Anyway, so one day, Last year, um, in 2020, when the world went literally upside down, everyone was going through right. a lot of challenge times. And of course, at the time as well, I think the positive part of it, a lot of people, they found different ways of living, a lot of creativity as well. And I went to a run in the park, you know what I mean, to a run in the park, and suddenly I was like, this idea just literally came to, like, to my mind. And I literally stopped in the middle of my run. I looked at it, I was like, my God, what's happening now? And I literally, this idea... <laughs> Literally, I remember the exact the place, the place where I was running the park at the time. And actually, fun enough, I was going through a very tough time at the time as well, because I think um, the, again, COVID situation does, you know, it put a lot of people in a dark place. And I was in a very challenged time as well. I was trying to find my way on that period and I couldn't. Anyway, so this idea just came along in a very genuine way and I couldn't believe, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't stop. From that day on, I, I arrived home and I started put, making notes and I started to put everything together. But when people ask me, when the idea came along, fun enough, when, when I look back, this, this podcast, this uh, interaction that I do through the Magic Box, it's something that I've always done in my life. As a child, as a teenager, as an adult, um, when I look back, I remember going on holidays. Still, when I go, even before when I started the show, when I was going on holidays or barbecues or meeting for different occasions, in the end of the night, I was like, oh, tell me something interesting about your childhood. What's your best memories as a, as a teenager? This kind of interaction. Always done. I've always been doing that. Of course, in a very sm small proportion, not in like not worldwide and in front of the camera. So this, right. this is me. This is uh, when I when I when I think about it. It's something that I've always done. I always, you know, I've been interacting with people. And um, if I would see somebody doing this, what I'm doing this show, I would be like, oh my god, I'd love to be doing that. You know what I mean? I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's amazing. So I feel very fortunate, I feel very lucky. And nowadays, now I can tell, when I ask myself, my God, now I can tell that's what I was born to. That's what I came to this world for. It, it's, yeah. to, it's for that. It's to be able to connect with people around the globe and to be able to 
to let them share their, their stories in life. So that is what the Magic Box is about and how it started. It literally came in a very genuine way through a tough time that I was facing at the time. Yeah, I always love hearing those epiphany moments, you know, whenever it just <laughs> stops people in their tracks and totally changes their, their life's direction. So I love that story. Um, now, obviously, this it does come natural to you. I think you're, you're a very good interviewer. And thank you. But obviously, there are going to be things with creating a show. And, and I've learned this myself that you can't do on your own. Um, so do you have a team that helps you? Right. I, I literally, I have, when I, when I started the show, right, I'm going to start out. I remember uh, the same way as I approached you at the time, like through social media, I remember um, when I started putting things together, I want to get someone who could guide me, who could give me like a support as a producer or a TV producer, someone who is more capable because I didn't have any information, I didn't have any knowledge about it. I have the whole project mm -hmm. in my mind, but I didn't have any kind, I didn't know how to talk in front of the camera, I didn't know how to organize everything. Anyway, so I started sending out messages um, online when I was checking profiles, like invite to the show. I saw uh, some producers and I sent, I think, for four different producers around the world. And was one, one of them, um, his name is Manfred and he's from Austria. And then the first time when I approached him and he was very um, uh, approachable, he just said to me, okay, William, I start saying everything about the show. He was like, oh my God, there's so much information. Just write everything <laughs> in a paper, <laughs> write everything in a paper, like the first show, everything, and we can start from there. So I just started to write down everything on the show, what's up, what was about the show, and I sent off to him by mail, and he just got back to me and said, okay, it sounds good. I like the idea, but I would like to now just to try and see how, how it can happen. How, let's see what's going to happen. That was the break, the breaking ice, because I had everything in my mind, but sit down in front of the camera, put the lights on. That's when I was mm -hmm. like, I, I, it took me like two or three times that I tried to do it. Um, and it didn't come up like naturally, <laughs> but, right. but, but um, so yeah, back to your question. I have, so he kind of guided me from the beginning um, with the, um, the idea. Yeah. And uh, I've got a friend of mine who helps me with the thumbnails as well. Uh, he, when I do the interviews with people around the globe, I get some pictures from them. And this friend of mine is the one who organized the thumbnails and the banners as well that I promote every day on my, on my social media. Also, I have a, got a lot of good friend of mine as well, who does the same as well. Sometimes he helps with the thumbnails. Sometimes he helps me with the editing as well. So mostly at, and I've got my best friend in Canada, who's the one who created the website. Um, it was a present because he, um, he was oh. quite <laughs> And when I came up with the idea for him, he was like, okay, you know what, William, I'm going to organize a website for you. I was like, I wasn't even thinking about that. And he organized the website. But right now, uh, to be honest to you, Kurt, right now I am doing, let's say, almost everything. I'm doing the interviews. I'm contact, still contacting the people. I'm doing the editing. I'm putting the music on. I'm still doing a lot. But I've got a, one friend of mine who's organized me with the, with the thumbnails. He's the one who helps with the thumbnails. He loves uh, pictures and he's doing that for me. Plus my best friend as well, who's um, organized their website, like updating and everything. But I'm the, yeah, yeah let's say we are uh, three of us kind of, but I'm the one who's involved in everything at the moment. Yeah, and that's incredible that you are able to keep up with that many interviews. <laughs> um, just doing what we do and, and we release once a week, 
I can't imagine uh, how much you do on a daily basis to keep this show afloat. Uh, <laughs> so I admire that. And uh, you obviously you've interviewed over five, right at 500 people. Um, what what are the like what have you gotten out of that? Like what are the like have you experienced the heartbreak? Have you experienced, you know, the comedic moments? Like what all have you gotten from doing 500 interviews with people from across the globe? Right. Um, I think one of the, the main the main keys and one of the main privilege that I feel about it doing those interviews is about the energy of the people around the globe. And I must say, um, it's people that are so fascinating. I think people, um, random people around the globe, they have so much story to share. They have so much... Um, moments and stories in their lives that they never thought that people would face the same way as well in another part of the globe. And I think, I think the most, I think I've learned every, in every interview, I get something from it. It doesn't matter what it is. Right. Could be a story, could be a, a lesson, could be some tears, could be some emotions, could be some life, life lessons. They have no idea how much, and sometimes people, they get so connected. Sometimes they forget that they are on TV, we are recording, right. you know what I mean? Some, they, are, they open up so much. And sometimes when I'm doing the editing, that's what I see. I said, oh my God, sometimes I double check with them, some topics, if they would like me to take it out or, because I can see how genuine they are about the show and how much they are sharing. They feel like safe on the show talking to me. And that's what I feel grateful as well, because people, they talking to me, I can see how much they, they are just open up about their lives. They are open up. They, 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 they even forget sometimes uh, that they are, We've been recorded. I think it's about the trust as well. But one of the very main thing I would say is sometimes I do eight, nine interviews per day, depending on the, you know what I mean, the day I do nine uh, interviews. Of course, physically, one point you get tired. At one point you go like, okay, you know, uh, it's not like uh, you cannot, I cannot, one point is visible. I feel that being tired. But as soon as I put the camera on, if when I see the other people like for them it's like they are just doing for the very first time when i see their eyes like shining their energy it just gives me this vibe and i go like oh my god i just feel like i can do another 10 you know what i mean just feeling right. their their energy their vibe and they're, they're genuine as well they're how how uh genuine they are about talking to me i think that's what makes me like just literally Okay, I can do another 10 people easily. It's just the energy, the, the kindness as well, and the trust. I think the trust is the main thing about they, they, they trust me. They, they, they talk about things that they, they feel safe. I think that's the most important thing that I get from my, my guests on the show. Yeah. And you've, uh, you've watched these people grow over time. I mean, you've been at this for, you know, a little over a year and, uh, what is that experience like to watch people grow from afar? Like, has there ever, has there been anybody that like you interviewed and then they went on to uh, kind of become famous or, you know, like do something that like people started to recognize them for, uh, you know, stuff like that. Have you experienced that? In a bigger proportion, I would, uh, I haven't, I haven't realized yet. Maybe someone is already there, but I haven't realized yet. But so, so no far, Lady Gaga's or anything, I, right? I haven't, I haven't watched, I haven't put the TV on. I've seen, oh my God, I've seen, this guy was one of my guests. I haven't, I haven't happened yet. But what I've realized so far, Curtis, is uh, people, again, 
I've seen so many people uh, connect with each other. And sometimes when I invite someone like to the show or sometimes, sometimes what makes my day is when I go on, on social media and I invite a random person and just I just say, oh, hello, I would like to invite you for a, a, a project on YouTube. They go like, is the magic box? You have no idea. <laughs> my heart just explodes. My heart just explodes. And I go like, oh my God, how do you know that? Anyway, but I think the most what I've, I have seen between uh, like people, uh, I've seen some people connect with each other. I've seen some people doing some um, work between them. Like, I don't know, some promotion. I've seen some people like maybe module, maybe acting. And some somehow they are connecting with, because of the show, they are connecting with each other, doing some, maybe some projects between them. And I, I real, I've realized that some people, they are connecting with each other. That's for sure. But yeah. I haven't seen anyone like so far. I don't know. So far, I haven't seen anyone, um, you know, but I'm sure I'm sure in the future, I can't wait for those people to yeah. get there. <laughs> yeah. Out of, out of as many interviews as you do, it's bound to happen eventually where you just you flip on the TV and you go, <laughs> I interviewed them back before they were famous, you know, like, so I look forward to seeing that. Uh so let's switch over and talk a little bit more about your, uh, we are an LGBTQ podcast. So I like to discuss yeah. a little bit about that. Uh, who are some of your LGBTQ influencers, uh, people that you looked up to uh, as you were coming out? Right. I think there is, um, uh, I'm going to go back to my childhood. Um, I think when I was, when I mentioned before that I'm very lucky and I'm very, um, I was very lucky to be growing up in a country where, people that are very close about sexuality, about being gay. But at the same time as well, there is a Brazilian entertainer called Xuxa, X-U-X-A. She was one of, she's one of the biggest idols like in Brazil in the 80s. Um, I think every every Brazilian person knows who she is. And for the gay community, she was very, she's still, she's still very, um, very popular and very supportive as well because she, um, for as, as a child, I think I remember her show, her program was for children, yeah? And even though for the same time as well, I think I think gay people, they love being this, seeing this color. I remember she was coming from the Starship every morning and this Barbie <laughs> was coming out, coming every, like the Starship was opening and she was coming from the Starship, this beautiful Barbie, you know what I mean, full of. So I think Xuxa, she's a Brazilian entertainer who I look it up for and she's always been a, a, a idol for me. She's the one who... Um, always taught me how to follow my dreams and I think be yourself it doesn't matter what you like or you don't but I think there's always a positive message I think Xuxa yeah a Brazilian in a worldwide in a worldwide uh, let's say big proportion I would go for uh, I would go for uh, of course the big ones like Madonna you know Lady Gaga I think that all of them they have uh, a big impact in all of us for sure but if I would go that I think I would go for Britney Spears for some reason Britney um, through her songs through her uh, you know what I mean I don't know if because we are of the same age I don't know I remember growing up and knowing that this beautiful girl around my age as well she was exploding around the world with those messages. Um, and of course, an icon, I think I would, you know what I mean, look it up for Britney Spears and I, I just I just liked her. But of course, at the same time as well, I think it comes all of them, as I mentioned, Madonna, uh, you know, Christina Aguilera, all these yeah. big idols, not just the female, but the male side, Michael Jackson, I think Michael Jackson as well. I always look it up for him. So I, 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 would, I would say all of them, I think most of them, but uh, yeah. Britney Spears they had, uh, had something uh, in my teenager i don't know i always look it up for her yeah I, I love that you mentioned her because 
one of the, the like they did a study on uh, how people learn English that are from foreign countries. And Britney Spears' music was actually one of like the number one ways that people learn English. <laughs> so wow. I think that's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, wild that you know how music uh, helps people learn that. But that that's awesome. Yes. Uh, so obviously, uh, you have. How long have you? When did you come out? I know you kind of didn't understand about like what gay was and stuff like that. Was there ever a pivotal moment where you were like, "I'm gay"? Yes, I think I think as a, as a, uh, I'm gonna say something very personal about myself. I I remember as a teenager before I left Brazil, I was 18, almost 19 years old. Um, I had it's a teenager thing. I'm sure all of us we go through that situation. For example, I I remember being a vir- I was virgin at the time, 18. I was still virgin. I've had sex with a girl or with a boy. I mean, of course, as a teenager, like younger, I'm sure I remember. You know what I mean? having these yeah. things with your cousins. Your, I think all of us go through the situation anyway, but sexual, sexual, being uh, like sexual, I I remember when I was 19 years old, before 19, I I had in my mind that I, I, I need to, I want, I want to lose, lose my virginity. I want to have sex with a girl. I just had this thing with me, like personal thing, because I remember my right. friends, they were like, oh, I'm not virgin anymore. I had sex with a girl. And as a teenager, you know, all of us at the time, we have this part, things like oh and i thought okay i i I just i knew that i i could have i i liked boys with no information about being gay i didn't have any information at the time but for some reason i just want to prove myself that i i would like to not to be virgin anymore to lose my virginity and i had sex with a with a girl um as she was older than me and actually actually i paid for it was it's very embarrassing (laughs) (laughs) because i just want to i just want to I just wanted to to not be virgin anymore. Anyway, she came along. I did the job. I, you know, I did the job, and uh, we. And from that day, I was like, oh, I felt so relieved that I had sex with a girl. At that, that day, it was the only time I had sex with a girl. But I knew that I was gay. I knew I was all gay, even without information. I knew I like boys. Um, I even didn't have any knowledge about how about sexuality, how things were at the time. Saying that, um, I always knew, I always knew from this time, like 19, 18, I would say 19 years old. When I moved to Portugal on my own as 19 years old, that's when I felt, okay, I'm myself. I, I'm going to, I'm going to look, I'm going to be myself now hundred percent, you know, being alone in a country where we don't know anyone, you are far away from your family, from friends. Then when I realized, okay, I'm gay, I would say 19 years old, I would say when I, when I said, okay, I'm gay now, I can be, if someone would ask me about that, I would be comfortable talking about like being gay. I just, I would say that. Coming out, yeah. I just came out. I think every parent, they know their child very well, even though it doesn't matter how you've been raised. I think every parent, even though they don't want to know, but they know their child very well. So I think yeah. my parents, they always knew that I was gay. I, I I never, I think they never talk about between them. They never talk about it for sure, but uh, they knew that I was gay. But I just talked to my mom about it, um, let's say six years ago uh, through WhatsApp. I literally, my, my ex relationship, my ex boyfriend, he was very open to, um, to his family. He grew up in a very different way. Just for you to have an idea, the first time he went to a gay club, he was like 16 or 14 years old. And he mom, his mom took him there for the very first time. Oh, wow. Yes, his mom. That's took amazing. Him. It's amazing. And uh, so imagine, I have a relationship with someone very open like that. I just one day, I just felt like, okay, literally, I never had the pressure of saying anything. I never felt this. 
oh, I need to tell my mom, I need to tell my family. I don't know why. I think it's because I've been living on my own for so long. I never had the expression of saying I was gay. Anyway, one day I just literally, I said, okay, that's going to be the day now. I took my phone. I said, I'm going to set a WhatsApp, a WhatsApp uh, test to my mom. So I sent to my mom a test. I said, mom, are you free? Can you talk about, uh, talk, have a talk? And she was like, yes. When she said that, I was like, oh my God, now is the time. It's the time now. So what I did, I just... I went, I went around. I was like, mom, do you know when you were born, you don't, you don't choose to be black, white. Um, you don't choose to be a girl, to be a boy. And she was like, yes, I know that. But uh, what's going on? What's happening? So I was around. I was going around. Never get to the point. And one point I said to her, mom, I think you know what I'm talking about, aren't you? But her reply was the best. She just sent a message to me like that. Is about your sexuality or I'm wrong? When she said that my message, I just took the phone straight away and I called her and she was laughing. She was literally laughing over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> she was, oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah, she was laughing. She was like, oh my God, I, I, I was laughing so much because I could see you're going around, you're going around, but you never got to the point. And that's why she was laughing. After that, and we started laughing together as well. And she said, my, of course, she said, my son, of course, I always knew. I just give you space for you to be yourself. I never felt the need of you telling me anything because I know you very well. And if one day you should talk to me about it, I'll be here as I am right now. But if you didn't as well, I would understand because it's your life. And uh, I think, and I was very surprised about her, her like explanation or the way her point, because I was expecting her to say, okay, I love you, and that's it. But no, she was just giving on and on and on. And I was very surprised about that. And she she always been a very supportive mom. Like, uh, even though uh, as a child, I never talked to her about that. But as an adult now, I always had this um, open and talk to her anytime. Well, we, that's truly an amazing story. And we love supportive moms. So uh, that's for her to do that and for her to be as encouraging as she was, I'm sure that was just like a huge feeling of relief for you. Um, I know it was for me whenever I finally told my mom. So I, you know, I, I admire your courage to do it. A lot of people don't even uh, reach the coming out phase with their family. So uh, with that, obviously you have been out for a while now. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure uh, that you have had some wild nights, some wild stories from your LGBTQ life. Uh, obviously, our culture is a little different than most. Uh, we are very energetic people and we love to uh, have a good time. Uh, so we have a segment on this show called The Heap of Trouble, um, which is a time in which uh, basically like what is your most comedic thing that's happened to you as a gay man? <laughs> Right, I have. I had a lot of uh, situations. I think being gay, um, I think that I had a lot of situations that um, I never. The first time I got drunk in my life was in London. I think I was twenty five. <laughs> Some people go like, "How sad!" Imagine twenty five going drunk for the first time. <laughs> my birthday, twenty four, twenty five, can be the other way wow. as well, of course. <laughs> Yeah. So I think I think being I think one of the the, the most wild child like wild um, night that I had um, as being gay or being open or uh, very comfortable with my sexuality I think would be the time where as I said when I got drunk for the very first time which uh, I was expecting was my birthday uh, night and uh, I was with friends around was a night out in London and uh, my friends just came with this shot of sambuca. 
it's like very sweet um like shots and sambuca i don't know if it's a brand or if the name anyway i'm even not sure of the name so anyway so it was this um kind of liquor very quite sweet and um so i remember drinking drinking drink like one by one and he was bringing me and one point i literally um start literally have the time of my life like dancing <laughs> you're playing like a lot of like, i think that every song you're playing like gay songs i was i felt like i was all of those pop singers around because I just felt like, my God, that's freedom. That's, you can be yourself. You can express yourself the way you wanted. I think that night when I got drunk for the first time, that's the moment, <laughs> sorry, that the moment where I realized like, <laughs> oh my God, that's, uh, that's uh, the moment where I realized it's, you can be yourself. You can dance, you can express yourself. Right. There's, there are no rules. And uh, that's, um, yeah, that's the moment, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> I, remember. I love that, yeah. I will agree. I, the first time you get drunk, it's that feeling of like freedom. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's actually I always tell people that was one of the clearest moments that I've ever had was actually when I was drunk and I was decided, hey, I've, I'm going to live my life as a gay male. You know, like I'm going to be open and honest about it. So yeah. I think, you know, while I wouldn't encourage a lot of heavy drinking, you know, a lot, <laughs> I would, uh, you know, it's it's it does lead to some fun nights and, and some good uh, epiphanies, in my opinion. Sorry, and I must say, when I say those was, what was up, because it was the first time I was getting uh, getting drunk, so for sure it was like three shots and I was already over the place. So it wasn't like... A... <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, since you shared that story, I will share uh, with you my first time uh, drinking. And I uh, drank, it was a liqueur called Hypnotic, which is a blue liqueur uh, drink over here. And, uh, I did not know because I had never really drank before in my life before going to college, uh, that beer was not as potent as liquor. Right. So everybody else was playing beer pong, but I was playing with liquor. <laughs> so I didn't last long at all. And like the next morning I was like, really just hung over and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I will never touch any blue liquor again <laughs> so, so yeah i totally get those kind of stories we uh always like to allow our guests to give some advice uh to lgbtq folk out there uh, especially those that are out in rural areas um do you have like a list of do's and don'ts or some advice that you would like to give them right yes yes um regarding the do and don'ts um a game there is a situation, I think, um, when you when you start your um, sexual life, or even though when you go, you know, there are so many apps out, out there now that you can meet people, you can connect with people uh, through apps, you know what I mean? Like, so one, one of the things that um, um, I find unnecessary, let's say, is a big don't for me. For example, of course, all of us, we have our types, you know what I mean? I, Something, right. And it's okay, it's good, you know what I mean? Of course, all of us, we tend to like this or to like that or not to like this or to like that. One of the things that I find unnecessary, and I, to be honest, it makes makes myself a little bit sad as well, is when you go to those apps or even like dating app or applications or... Um, there's always like, they go like, they, you say in the description, oh, don't contact me if you are Asian or Indian or Latino or white or black. 
I think it's unnecessary that because the thing is, imagine um, if you don't like, it's okay if you don't fancy this or that. It's, it's your right and understand, include us as well. We have our prior like preferences, yeah. But when you express yourself this way, for me, it's uh, unnecessary because. Imagine someone goes there in your profile, maybe likes you for some reason, and say like, don't, if you are this, don't contact me, or if you are, do not, I mean, my point. So I think it's a big don't. Right. If you don't like, don't, it's okay. If this person contacts you and it's not your type, you can tell in private, I'm sorry, you know, I'm not into, or you can use your own words to say that. But when you express yourself there like this on your profile, I think it's a big don't for me. It's a big unnecessary, um, because... Actually, saying that as well, imagine people, even people who are your type, yeah, if they see that, they might think, I don't want to contact with, uh, be in touch right. with somebody who has that. So, in the end of the day, you are losing as well. In the end of the day, when you express yourself in this negativity way, be clever, be intelligent, not just that, but be kind and be understanding, approachable as well. If you don't like some certain type of people, it's not your type. It's okay, you know what I mean? It's not wrong with that. But at least don't express yourself over there because it might it might maybe hurt people, offend people as well, and damage as well our community. Do you know what I mean? I think all of us we need to be all in one in one group, in one team, let's say. Do you know what I mean? And I think if you don't like someone or don't not don't like, sorry, don't fuss someone, it's fine. But just keep to yourself and if the person contacts you, just say, you know what? I'm not into it or I'm not up for it. That's fine. The person is going to appreciate and understand it as well. But when you uh, express yourself this way, it causes a lot of uh, uh, a lot of negativity as well because people, they might contact you and, you know what I mean, might approach you in a very negative way. And it can increase like negativity and hate. And uh, I don't think that's necessary. So let's avoid that. I would say I would... I would uh, put this message out. And I definitely agree with you on that. That's um, some really good advice is because when people see that, you know, you could potentially ruin, you know, not only potential relationships, but friendships in general. Um, so I definitely agree with you on that. So I'll go ahead and let you continue with some advice. Um, a big deal regarding the, 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 the community is, I think I, the LGBTQ uh, plus community, communities I believe, I believe, uh, Curtis, we as a gay community, gay people, I think we achieved a lot. You know what I mean? When you look back in the 80s, in the 70s, my God, those, I actually should be grateful for those people who were there, you know what I mean? Stand up and like fighting. I even got goosebumps now think, talking about that because I think it was so powerful at the time. They were so brave. They were there. Imagine nowadays you... To be yourself is already it can be already challenge. Imagine at, at the time in the six in the seventies, the eighties, it would be even more difficult. What what I, I I I think is I think all of us we need to understand not just the gay community but all the communities around the world. The thing is, I think gay community we we achieved so much so far. I think we are in a good in a good place. It's still a lot to, a lot to be improved, but I think we are going the right direction. I have this feeling. I feel that. Even though I remember last year, 2020, a lot of people, they were working from home. I remember a lot of people. Um, and besides that, I remember when it was the gay pride, the gay, uh, in June, was the gay uh, pride in London. And I remember once um, the, 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 the law firm where I work, they send us like uh, this flag on one meeting, a flag or something. Oh, today is a gay. I felt, I couldn't believe. I literally, it, it, it brought me so good, uh, a good feeling knowing that uh, a company, they remind yeah. that they, they made a point of this uh, June, like a Pride June month. 
I was like, so I was like, my God, what's amazing to to see that. And that's why. So yeah. anyway, saying that, I think we achieved a lot, a, a lot. But what I what I, I would like to say uh, to express myself is when you when you let's try to educate people there. The thing is, um, if you're going to fight back when you see hate or people trying to damage our uh, gay community or LGBTQ plus community, don't try to fight in a negative way or the same way they, they are uh, trying to damage us. Because if you do that, you're going to be in the same category as them. Yeah. Try to educate them. Try to understand that maybe they are like that because of the way they've been raised, because of their religions or because the way of their society tell them that's what's right and wrong. Please, um, if you are facing this kind of, any kind of, um, uh, let's say, negativity around the gay community or just try to educate them, just try to understand why they're like that and just try to put yourself in their shoes and don't fight the same way. Because if you fight the same way, you're going to be in the same category then and you're not going to get anywhere. So let's be more approachable and understanding as well. I think that would be, don't fight the same way because you're not going to get anywhere. So I think we achieved a lot. And if we carry on this way, in this positive way, we're going to go more further. Kindness always wins out in the end if you uh, stick with it. And, you know, sometimes you do have to walk away from toxic people. But at the same time, it's always uh, keep an open mind that you can eventually educate uh, some of that negativity and, and, uh, bias out of their life, you know? So I agree. Uh, we do a segment here on this show called pot of gold, which is, uh, where you get to ask me any question under the sun and I will wrap up with one final fun question for you. Perfect. Perfect. My question for you would be, Kurt, first of all, thanks so much for the opportunity. Thanks so much for, uh, for inviting me to be part of the show. I think it's been a, uh, it's such a, a, a pleasure to be, to see you again and to, to see you going, doing this beautiful project as well and just like bring this uh, support for the gay community. I think it's what you're doing. It's just beautiful. Thanks Thank so you. much for that. My question for you would be, on a date, yeah, you're going for a date for the very first time. Tell me two don'ts that cannot happen to you for the other side or the other guy and two do, two do as well. Two don't and two do that the guy must have or must not have during your first date? Oh, two do's and don'ts about first dates. Um, I would say if a guy is going on a date with me, uh, number one, don't, don't be late. <laughs> That's like a huge <laughs> one for me. I, you know, I'm, I'm always arrive early type of person. Don't be late. Uh, number two, um, don't, I would say don't, and I don't know how to phrase this, but I would say don't be standoffish. Uh, and what I mean by that is like if my friends come up to us or if my friends are around or say we go out for, you know, to go to a drink or something afterwards, don't, don't ignore my friends. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's two big don'ts for me that will immediately just be like, get you written off. Uh, do's. Uh, one for me is uh do compliment me. <laughs> so that's a big one. Uh, and I'm a, my love languages is, um, you know, I like that, uh, affirmation, you know, so, you know, if you're complimenting my looks or complimenting, you know, anything about me, I feed off of that, you know? So, <laughs> so that's just something about me. Uh, a second do would be, I would honestly, this is a do for, I think a lot of people and it's, it's a complicated do. So say we go to dinner, uh, 
do always at least offer to pay. And for that reason, I mean, normally, normally I'm more of the, like, I'm a lawyer. I pay 99% of the time, you know? So, but at least always offer to like contribute or pay because that to me shows that you're not just like in it for the money. One final question for you. What has been the most embarrassing thing that has happened to you while recording William and the Magic Box? Right. Okay. That's um, actually, I could tell a few stories actually. <laughs> but <laughs> the main one was I remember um, I did an interview um, with someone and uh, this person. So, of course, in the end of the show, the person has the chance of asking me a question. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And the person literally asked me if I was cut or uncut. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. That was that was something that I was expecting. And I was like, um, I got very nervous and I was very like, I didn't know what to say. Um, <laughs> he put that me in the is... spot, of course. He put me in the spot. It was very embarrassed, like I was uh, expecting. But it's going to get even more embarrassed now, if you want to know. Absolutely. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> I told this person uh, the, the, the answer, of course. Um, I, I said, um, I, I, of course, the, it, didn't, it didn't go live, this part, of course. But I told um, the person what was the answer. And this person literally did like this. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that is so. Something. That was that was something that I was like, wow. But I like the challenge. I was never expected to answer that. But you know what I mean. I think the the match box is uh, people they can be themselves and that uh, they can ask yeah. anything. But that was a, a question that I was expecting. <laughs> it made I me love it. Embarrassed for sure. You, you never know what kind of questions you are going to get from people. That's that's part of one of the things I love about you know the show we do as well. <laughs> I had one person ask me one time, uh, how, much, how many times did I have to use makeup to cover up hickeys? So, you know, like that's, yeah, so it's just like, you never know what you're going to get, but it's always fun. Well, that is uh, the, I, I love that story, William. And uh, I just want to thank you for being on the show here today. Um, I know everybody will get a, a large pleasure out of hearing your story, um, as well as if people want to go check him out on uh, YouTube. It's William and the Magic Box. Uh, you can also find him on Instagram, and we will post his Instagram link as well whenever this interview releases. Uh, so please go follow him. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, he interviews LGBTQ people from all across the globe. Um, that's I've watched several of them, and, and they're always really entertaining. So make sure you go check him out. So thank you so much, William, for, for being here. Pleasure was all mine. Thanks so much. It was lovely to see you, and good luck with the project. You've been doing a good job. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. It was a pleasure being on the show. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for today. Don't forget to come on back now. I know we all love a little vibration, so if you're not already, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. And we will surprise you on occasion with a new release vibration in your pocket. But in the meantime, if you find yourself alone or crossing new horizons along the rainbow trail and you need a friend or even a laugh, to get you through those dark and stormy nights. Holler on out to us at www.weatheringrainbows.com 
where you can find shelter in the blogs, videos, and other episodes that will hopefully keep you out of a whole heap of trouble. So until next time, y'all, giddy up, be true to yourself, and make the best of life. And wherever the wild tracks may lead you, may the rainbow always touch your shoulder.